Some believers overlook the significance of baptism. Yet Jesus includes the subject when he commissions us to make disciples. In this episode, Carla shows us why baptism is significant to Christ Jesus and to the process of discipleship. We've been learning that the ultimate goal of discipleship is to learn to obey all God's commands, His instructions to us for godly living. That means that regardless of the subject we're talking about, we're going to rely on what Jesus said and did in Scripture as our pattern for obedience. Today, we'll be looking at what the Bible says and what Jesus did with the subject of baptism. In Matthew 28:19, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus specifically instructs his disciples to be baptized, making baptism an act of obedience to his commands. The Bible also records Jesus setting the example for us by being personally baptized in the Jordan River. So let's look at what the Bible says about baptism, and then we'll learn from Jesus' example. In Scripture, the term baptize refers to submersion. References to water baptism literally mean to immerse or dip underwater. We can easily explain water baptism as a public testimony to what has already taken place in the life of a believer. Paul gives us a word picture of baptism in Romans 6, 3 and 4. He says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In this passage, Paul is explaining how, through salvation, we are each united with Christ and identify with Him. Water baptism depicts the salvation experience. It might be helpful to think of water baptism this way. Consider for a moment those times when you've gone on vacation. When you return, you show people actual pictures of yourself, depicting your vacation experience. In other words, the pictures you show testify to what you experienced during your vacation. In the same way that a photo depicts a previous occurrence, water baptism is a snapshot, if you will, of what took place when you were saved. Through water baptism, we testify to our salvation experience in two ways. One, by being fully immersed in water, we acknowledge Jesus' death on the cross for our sins and testify to the death and burial of our own sinful way of life. And number two, when we come up out of the water, we testify to Jesus' resurrection from the grave and our new life in Him. Simply put, we are buried with Jesus in baptism and we're raised to walk in our new life in Him. Colossians 2, 11 and 12 puts it this way. It says, In Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through your faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. We can simply explain to those we disciple that water baptism is an outer expression of Christ's inner transforming work of faith in our hearts. To explain that baptism is an outer expression of Christ's inner work, I sometimes use the analogy of being married. I begin by describing baptism as a symbol, similar to the way a wedding ring is a symbol of marriage. 
Both baptism and a wedding ring are outward symbols of an inner heart commitment. Then I ask the person to consider someone who is not married. If I put a ring on their hand, it would in no way make them married. In the same way, a person could be baptized, but it doesn't make them saved. I then ask them to consider a married person who isn't wearing their wedding band. Does the fact that they don't have a ring on their finger mean that they aren't married? Of course not. In a similar way, a person can be saved, but not yet baptized. I then ask them to think about a person who is both married and deeply in love with their spouse. This person wears their wedding ring because they want the whole world to know that they belong to their spouse and are committed to sharing a life with them. In a similar way, a person chooses to be baptized because they've trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life, and they want to testify of their love for Him. Baptism is a public display that we are unashamedly committed to living sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've examined what the Bible says about baptism. Let's now look at Jesus' example. A disciple of Jesus will simply follow or mimic everything Jesus did and in the means he did it. Chapter 3 of Matthew shows that Jesus was baptized as an example for us to follow. Let's unpack this passage together. Matthew 3, 1 through 2 tells us this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In these verses, John the Baptist is preaching the gospel. Matthew 3, 5 through 6 shows us the response of those who received the gospel he preached. It says, People went out from him, from Jerusalem, and all Judea, and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. We can see that at this time, people were listening to John proclaim the good news of Jesus. They were responding through repentance, and then immediately being baptized in the Jordan River. Now, in contrast to these people who were receiving the gospel by faith, there were also religious leaders there who heard the gospel but refused to place faith in Jesus. Matthew 3, 7-9 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where John was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father? I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. John was declaring to these Jewish leaders that there is no salvation in merely being a descendant of Abraham. True salvation is demonstrated through the fruit, John says, that comes from genuine repentance, something these leaders did not have. John was making the point that baptism is to follow repentance. Matthew 3, 13-14 tells us, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? John was asserting here that Jesus didn't need his baptism because Jesus was perfect. He had no need for personal repentance. Then Jesus answers John in Matthew 3.15. He says, Let it be so now. It is fitting for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, came to fulfill all righteousness by fully observing all God's commands. 
Jesus was saying that for him to be baptized was not required because of any personal need for repentance. Jesus' baptism was fitting, or proper, because it met God's request to do so. Jesus humbled himself here to demonstrate for us yet again personal obedience to God's commands. Now, look with me at John three sixteen through 17 It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. As we make disciples, we should encourage new believers to be baptized as an act of obedience to God that pleases Him. Remember, in teaching believers to obey all of God's commands, they will need to learn each command and understand what it looks like in order to walk in obedience to it. That means that God's Word and Jesus' example should always be our resources in training others to obey Christ. This also means that if we personally know God's Word, yet fail to follow Jesus' example, our lives will fail to accurately reflect Christ to others. I make this point because some people believe that baptism involves merely being sprinkled in water. In making disciples, there may be times when people disagree with what you're teaching. However, it should never be our intent to argue with anyone concerning their personal beliefs. But we should be prepared to explain the biblical basis for our teaching. For example, demonstrations of baptism by water in the Bible were through immersion, underwater because it signifies a believer's death and burial to their old way of life. In Romans 6, 3-4, Paul says, Don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus? Were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A water baptism vividly demonstrates a believer's salvation experience of death to self and resurrection through new life in Christ. We are not partially saved, but thoroughly and completely saved by being fully immersed in Jesus. In addition to teaching the significance of immersion in baptism, there's also the importance of order that should be discussed with those you disciple. Let's refer once again to our commission to make disciples found in Matthew 28, 19 where Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This first shows that initial repentance and belief in Jesus precedes baptism. We see the same thing in Acts 2.38, where Peter was sharing the gospel. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.41 then tells us that those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. These people were baptized after they had believed in Jesus. You know, there may be occasions when you're talking with a person and you learn that their baptism was not based on personal faith in Jesus, meaning the person experienced baptism prior to salvation. In these instances, we should be prepared to lovingly point to God's Word and His example concerning obedience and follow the Lord's lead. In Mark 16, 15-16, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. 
but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This verse clearly shows that a person will be condemned if they fail to believe by faith in Jesus, not because they aren't baptized. You can explain it this way. Baptism is not necessary for salvation, even though it is necessary for obedience. Which brings me to the next point. We know that Jesus wants his disciples to be baptized, yet some believers put off or delay obeying Jesus through water baptism. Regardless of the subject we're considering, obedience to Jesus is immediate, complete, and with the right heart attitude. Immediate, complete, and with the right heart attitude. As you know from experience, or at least I know from experience, my heart attitude is many times the last thing to get on board. But my lack of desire to comply with God's request doesn't give me permission to delay obedience to Him. Since baptism is commanded by Christ, we should be prepared to recognize and speak to the reluctance of believers to follow through in obedience through baptism. For example, sometimes a person will express to me a sincere personal concern, such as, I've never been a strong swimmer and I've always been fearful to go underwater, or I hate having attention on me so I'm dreading being baptized, or I can get incredibly nervous when I have to get in front of people. I'd be baptized if it could just be a private ceremony, but I don't want to get baptized if it means I have to do it in front of the whole church. Do you notice the common thread in the reasoning of these people? It's the common thread you'll find in each of our lives when we're struggling to obey Christ. These types of comments reflect people who are viewing a situation from a perspective of self, what self wants and will feel comfortable with, rather than what Christ wants and will empower them to do. Remember, in making disciples, we want to follow Jesus' example of meeting people where they are, then pointing them to the next step of obedience. To meet people where they are is to acknowledge that you're listening to them and that you're empathetic to their feelings and concerns. Empathy promotes teachability in others, which is extremely important to establish prior to pointing a person to the next steps of obedience. So let's use each of the examples I just gave you to consider what that might look like. The first example I mentioned was a person who has never been a strong swimmer and is fearful of going underwater in baptism. In this instance, I would meet them where they are by being empathetic to their fear and then point them to Jesus' desire for them to obey. I might say something like this, you know, being submerged in water can be frightening, especially if you aren't a swimmer, but please consider what happened at salvation. You placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Baptism will be an opportunity for you to practice trusting in Jesus to see you through. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because walking by faith in Jesus doesn't remove the fear. It enables us to have victory in overcoming it. Jesus grows our faith each time we choose to rely on Him to walk with us and enable us to overcome each fear. I would then end the conversation by praying for them and encouraging them to trust Jesus in baptism. I would most likely address the next two examples in similar ways, so I'll just lump those together. One example was the person who doesn't want to get baptized because they don't like being the center of attention. The other example was a person who is willing to be baptized if it can be a private ceremony rather than in front of the whole church. I would begin by letting them know that I can identify with their concerns. I too dislike being in front of crowds or being the center of attention. Then I would explain that walking by faith in Jesus is counterintuitive to living by human perspective. Our human perspective views life from a 
temporal, self-focused perspective. It sees that baptism could be personally awkward or embarrassing because people will be watching you. Faith, however, views life from a Christ-centered, eternal perspective. It says that because Christ lives within me, when I choose to obey Jesus, others will see Christ at work in me, and God will be glorified. As the Lord leads, I may also explain that Jesus set an example for us of being baptized in front of a crowd of people. Jesus' baptism was the beginning of his public ministry. He asks each of us to live a public life of faith and obedience to God. Our personal baptism is merely one opportunity to publicly profess our belief in Christ Jesus. In addition to people putting off their own baptism, I sometimes encounter parents who have delayed a child's baptism. I ran into a couple not long ago who used to attend church with us before they moved out of town. I discipled the wife when she was a young mom. She was excited to tell me that her oldest son had been saved nearly a year ago and they were looking forward to him being baptized. I asked her when they were planning for him to be baptized and she explained that there wasn't a date set because they wanted all the family to be there and because they live out of town, it's been difficult to find a date that accommodated everyone. I then asked her to consider what message that might be sending to her son. She said we want him to know how much his family loves him and how proud they are of him. At that point, her husband spoke up, and he said, You know, listening to my wife talk, I'm realizing that we haven't really made our son's baptism a priority. I told the dad that I know that they want their child to obey the Lord through baptism, and then I just encouraged them to see that if any of us fail to immediately embrace obedience to what God asks of us, then we'll entertain human desires. The dad said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. We told our son to obey Jesus through salvation and then started making our own plans for his baptism. Please don't miss this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting family and friends to celebrate such an important event as baptism in a child's life, but not at the cost of delaying their obedience. I got an email from this mom a few weeks later letting me know she and her husband had apologized to their son the same day as our conversation, and their son was excited to be baptized the week they returned home. What a picture of immediate obedience on the part of the parents once they realized their error in thinking, and on the part of the child to follow through. You know, this story reminds me of another point. There have been times when I've been talking with a Christian who tells me that they have felt stuck for some time in their spiritual walk or stunted in their spiritual growth. They sometimes tell me that they keep waiting for God to move in their lives. In these instances, I often express that while they are waiting for God, they will want to make sure that they've done everything on their part to walk in obedience. I explain that sometimes we can be waiting on God to move in our lives, yet we may fail to consider that he may be waiting on us to obey the last thing he asks us to do. I encourage them to ask the Lord to show them if there's anything he's asked them to do that they fail to obey. I share this with you because these conversations will sometimes reveal that a person has never been baptized. In these instances, I encourage the person to consider what prevented them from being baptized and to get that issue of obedience settled in their life, by immediately falling through with water baptism. Imagine, you have the privilege of helping believers understand that baptism isn't merely an act of obedience. It's a way of publicly identifying with Christ Jesus and professing Him as Lord to the glory of God. 
When making disciples, it's important to remember that God not only tells us in Scripture what He wants us to do, but He also tells us how He wants us to do it. Baptism is no different. Because salvation occurs prior to baptism, we know that Jesus wants us to first and foremost share the gospel of His grace. We are then to baptize those who believe the gospel, followed by teaching them to obey everything Jesus commanded.